today is Monday, August 22nd, and you're listening to the Morning Announcements presented by Betches Media. I'm your host, Sammy Sage, and the Morning Announcements is your daily five-minute breakdown of the headlines that isn't afraid to take a side and roast the most consequential reality show there is, our government. Today's episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a free-to-download mobile puzzle game with thousands of exciting levels for new adventures and challenges every time you play. The 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has temporarily saved Lindsey Graham from having to testify in the Georgia investigation into his actions on behalf of Trump to try to overturn the election. The court says that they want both sides to argue what areas of questioning will be appropriate for Graham to answer, given his position as a senator would typically protect him from being part of a state investigation. So that makes me today years old when I learned that being a senator is actually the best excuse to get out of something since the first COVID vaccine shot. Liz Cheney told ABC News this weekend that the January 6th committee has been in discussions with Mike Pence's legal team about him potentially testifying in the near future. I'm assuming those discussions include a promise that Adam Kinzinger would be in the room for any private conversations and a recent follow-up email that her schedule is, quote, completely open. midterm elections less than three months away, Senate minority turtle Mitch McConnell is not exactly projecting his usual confidence. Late last week, he gave remarks at a Kentucky event, stating that he thinks, quote, there's probably a greater likelihood that the House flips than the Senate. Senate races are just different. They're statewide. Candidate quality has a lot to do with the outcome, end quote. My uncharitable interpretation of that statement is that Senate races are harder to win because they can't be gerrymandered within an inch of their life, unlike House races. And since the party has foolishly voted for Trump-backed candidates in the Republican primaries, they now have a bunch of election deniers running for Senate, like Herschel Walker, Dr. Oz, and J.D. Vance, instead of viable candidates in key states that they could have won. This is historically unusual given that midterm elections usually favor the party that's out of power, in this case, the Republicans. And coupled with Biden's relatively low approval rating and high inflation, we would expect Republican candidates to be performing better in polling across the board. But that was before the Republican policy platform was a hammerhead shark of fascism and forced birth. Meanwhile, the campaign spending trends in the Republican Party are backing up McConnell's take. The National Republican Senatorial Committee has canceled TV advertising worth about $10 million, including in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Arizona. The committee has already burned through nearly all of its cash, with only about $28 million on hand at the end of June, despite months of touting record fundraising over $173 million, according to Federal Election Commission's disclosures. Now, this is where things get a bit questionable. Out of that $173 million, only $23 million went to ads, with more than $21 million going to text message marketing and more than $12 million going to American Express credit card payments, whose ultimate purpose isn't clear. On top of that, another $13 million was spent on consultants and questionable decisions to spend in reliably blue states like Colorado and Washington, with the committee's chairman, Florida Senator Rick Scott, now under fire for the wasteful spending strategy. One could argue that the blame there is well-deserved, after he released televised ads earlier this year featuring himself and his own policy agenda, which critics are calling an attempt to fuel his own presidential ambitions. Now, while the Republican spending strategy is none of my business, I think we could all agree that we'd be happier if elected officials weren't spending eight digits to harass us via text. A recent 
story in the New York Times is highlighting housing discrimination. After a Johns Hopkins professor who was an expert on, wait for it, housing discrimination, experienced an almost $300,000 appraisal discrepancy that pretty clearly appears to be based on his race. Dr. Nathan Connolly and his wife, who are Black, were attempting to refinance their mortgage on their home in Baltimore, a process which required that their mortgage lender appraise the home in order to determine the correct value. After a Maryland appraisal company valued the home at $472,000, this resulted in the couple being denied a refinance loan. So Dr. Connolly applied for another refinance loan a few months later. However, this time, they removed all family photos from the house and had a white male colleague stand in for them at the appraisal. This time, the home was valued at $750,000. So the couple is now suing the mortgage lender and the first appraisal company. They truly fucked with the wrong professor. In the bigger picture, home ownership is the primary way that Americans build wealth. And yet, 2020 data from the Home Mortgage Disclosure Act shows that lenders deny mortgages for Black Americans at a rate that is 80% higher than white Americans. And the impact of Depression-era redlining, which inherently deem Black neighborhoods are less valuable, continues to drive down home values still to this day. The daughter of a very influential advisor to Putin, Daria Dugina, was killed when her car exploded outside Moscow this weekend. Dugina was a 29-year-old TV commentator, and some suspect that the intended target was possibly her father, Alexander Dugin, who was a strong proponent of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, as well as for the restoration of Russia's power by uniting all ethnic Russians throughout the world. There was no immediate claim of responsibility for the attack, but it's possible that this could escalate tensions between Ukraine and Russia. Finally for today, a school district in the Dallas-Fort Worth area has reportedly banned at least 40 books, including a graphic adaptation of The Diary of Anne Frank. The school year at Keller Independent School District began with a letter going out to its 35,000 students, announcing a last-minute review of dozens of books that had been challenged by parents, teachers, and administrators the previous year. The board cited concerns from parents about mature content, including depictions of sexual activities, as well as any variation of the Bible. Soon they will be left with nothing to read but a very sad handwritten book. Thank you for listening to the morning announcements and thanks again to our partner, Best Fiends. Once you download Best Fiends, you can play anywhere, even without an internet connection, which is great if you're stuck without Wi-Fi. Go to the App Store or Google Play to download Best Fiends for free. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. And one more quick thing before I go, if you're a fan of this show and appreciate the purposefully tilted viewpoint expressed here, please help support us by leaving a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and even a review if you're feeling generous. Your ratings and shares helps the show keep growing. Until tomorrow, I'm Sammy Sage, and now you know what the fuck is going on. Betches.